Hi, everybody. It's Richard Zwicky on The Green Peak. And joining us today, we have Terry Booth, who is the founder and former CEO of Aurora, but now today is the CEO of Australis Capital and Audacious. Terry, welcome to The Green Peak. Hey, thanks for having me, Richard. How are you? Fantastic. It's, uh, it's hard not to be with the way everything, well, most things are going in so many areas. But, you know, you're, you've had an amazing journey through the industry. And you've seen the ups and downs. You've, uh, you've seen the explosion, being one of the early adopters and earlier growers of the industry as a whole. What's your take on the state of the industry today? Because, you know, Astralis Capital is looking at a lot of things. Sure. Um, I, I, I say this often that I believe the cannabis space is as small today mm-hmm. as it'll ever be. Uh, we continue to see growth <laughs> yep. in, in countries and in states and in, in um, you know, municipalities across the planet. Uh, if you just think about it for a second, Richard, think about Thailand. Yep. Uh, 20 years ago with respect to cannabis, that's uh, some time in jail and maybe and maybe even a bullet if you're dealing it. So um, now Thailand is looking at adult usage and they have a medical system underway. So it's it's pretty cool. I, I love the space. I uh, retired from Aurora for about eight hours and, and got on my bike again and looked at this uh, awesome, <laughs> awesome, awesome opportunity, audacious opportunity, if you will. We had a lot of um, cleanup to do there after that dissident battle. Those don't always go that great. Um, right. Bottom line is it's not all, all their fault. The shareholders wanted a flip and you know, the ex CEO Scott, he's still my buddy. You know, can't can't lay the weight on on CEOs all the time. So it was an industry thing. It was. Uh, we're, we're happy where we're on. We, yeah. We've executed and we continue to execute. I don't know if you heard, we snagged a New Jersey license. Yeah. And, Tell me about that. Well, it's a uh, it's a provisional license, and it's the provision is that you have to uh, find land and mm-hmm. have a municipality that is opted in to cannabis and write you a letter. So it's the next step is fairly easy. Right. We were obviously uh, on top of that during this process to make sure that uh, we'd be able to check that box. But, you know, it's interesting. Last August, we were negotiating with a company, an MSO in New Jersey, and their ask was $150 million. Yeah. Um, we came in with a, you know, a term sheet or a, a memorandum of understanding of about 120 and it was back end loaded obviously we didn't have that type of cash and the deal wanted half cash we didn't get the deal somebody else did but they paid north of 100 million bucks and and uh, the same firm applied for the same license that we did and they didn't get it you know Oof. we got it so that's so that's cool you know not for them but it's cool for us on the future uh, prospects on valuation the this uh, application writer if you will this guy that we brought yeah. on board phenomenal um, you know, he, he made a bold statement saying, Terry, we're going to, he's a hundred percent sure we'll get a New Jersey license and that's confidence that you don't normally hear. And, and I was glad that he was, he was correct. So yeah, first, first step on the East coast. So we're rocking and rolling, um, with regards to the space, uh, Clarence Thomas said it all, you know, Re- Republican yeah. or yeah. justice. Uh, what are you guys doing? Let's, let's move this ball forward with respect to, um, getting this thing legalized or at least decriminalized. But, uh, America is a different place. It's fifty different countries. You know the deal better than I do. It's it is a myriad of it's a myriad of mess. I think is the best way to put it because there's even within states there's so little so many states have so little clarity. It's a, a voyage of discovery each time for uh, new businesses, and that's that's a that's a challenge. And you know, for you and Australasodacious, um, you also were involved like in psych wellness and a few other things. 
how do you what do you expect out of the you know the psilocybin space should people expect the same sort of market development as we saw in cannabis i i think it's uh i, I think it's well on its way it, it may um I, I think cannabis was at the forefront yep. so psilocybin may um, be a little bit quicker to market with with psych wellness i'm on the board there um, jeff stevenson's doing a great job it's a little bit of a different shroom though it's the right. uh, amelita muscaelia uh, mushroom so it's it's the red one with the white dots it's pretty right. cool mushroom. oh yeah the luigi mushroom if you will <laughs> and and it's um psychoactive compound or it, it's a medicinal compound let's put it that way is uh something called muscimol and and that particular compound was not on the list with the cdsa of controlled and banned in fact it was it was on a poisonous list that's how powerful this this particular mushroom is so it's been easier to get it to market because right. it's break the law as long as you're microdosing and you're not poisoning yourself so that one is going to be getting sold across america fairly soon which is really cool um, that's exciting yeah yeah i'm pretty pumped about that on the psilocybin thing i think you'll see synthetics before too long it's a simpler molecule right um and you know from what we understand medical is not done yet but it's uh it has some amazing positive effects on a number of different ailments there's a lot of research being done in a lot of markets and what's nice with that is the path to research has been much cleaner than that existed in cannabis, which means physicians are going to have indications of how to use it much sooner than they will with cannabis. Yeah, yeah, and they're not faced with uh, you know 120 cannabinoids um, yep. do, doing different things in, in different forms with alongside your terps. So it is a simpler molecule, and uh, I, I really feel it's going to be something that makes an impact on people's lives. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's uh, it's wonderful to see a lot of the plant-based medicines, the opportunities, but also how how transformative it is in people's lives. hundred percent. So, 100%. you know, you're you're dealing with a lot of companies that are developing, right? And developing in terms of they're hitting the market, they're building out the license in New Jersey and the like, and. When you look back over the last few years, obviously there's a lot of learnings you've had due to the experience of going through and building, you know, one of the largest cannabis companies in the world, in Aurora. What's the biggest challenge you faced that you would really talk to the new CEOs about in terms of things to look for, avoid, or embrace? Uh, take the money when you can get it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, it's a dried up market. It's lost its uh, flair. I think people are a little bit tired of it and tired of hearing about the feds. Um, mm -hmm. there, is, there is money out there for this space and it only takes one catalyst to bring it all back. You have to execute and yep. uh, you better be ready for organic growth because uh, the big dollars aren't out there for you know just doing big cap raises and, and big capital expenditure it's it's totally different how they qualify us now you know we're, right. we're a micro cap stock almost you know i saw that yeah valuation so it's uh it's something that you have to deal with liquidity issues in the stock you have to build your army and the only way i know how to build that army is to get the message out that you're executing right it, you know with in the aurora days you know we actually went to number one in the world for uh, for two weeks there it was pretty yeah. 
we passed Canopy and it quickly uh, put us in our place with the deal. Yeah, uh, I made money at that surge, so that was okay. Yeah, yeah, what a, what a run. Incredible. I wish I would have known to sell my stock at 14 billion market cap. But Isn't hindsight uh, the most wonderful thing? It, it is, but it's, it's, it's tough when your CEO peed it off the stock. And, and you know, yeah. you have this inner belief, oh, yeah, this is great. But if you look back at it, man, it, what, a, what a wild valuation, um, considering there was no income, right? Yes. No EBITDA, no, no cash flow that was meaningful. Um, nevertheless, you know, those have been adjusted, obviously, and adjusted even more since I left two and a half years ago um, in the Canadian space. Uh, mm -hmm. we, we expected the demand to be a lot higher than it was, not just in Canada, but globally. Right. But it's still going up. It's not well, and I think backwards. the expectation was the global markets as far as trade would also open more rapidly than they did, which has limited everybody's revenues. It's been very hard to move product. Yeah, you're seeing you're seeing it grow though. Yeah, I mean the UK now um, jumping on the bandwagon. France soon. Italy's already there. All Germany's all medical. Made big strides. Germany's doing Which... a great great job of educating, and they're the at the forefront in the EU. Yes, for sure. Um, Australia is well on its way. Um, our, our little uh, deal we did in not a little deal. It's going to be a great deal, but in um, uh, Thailand, um, <laughs> I think there are over a thousand patients now. Well, that's fantastic. So it's uh, it's about educating the medical community with respect to the medicine. Um, we've we've been there. We've done that. This this team that I've assembled is um, um, very happy to be outside of our borders if we go there on the medical mm -hmm. system. We didn't pay anything for the Thai deal. We're just giving them our knowledge for our percentage. Right. So it's uh, well, game on. Um, but we're focused on the United States. You know, we said. Uh, within months of my joining that we're going to be laser focused on the East Coast. Right. Uh, we, we are, but we're also, you know, disseminating the different states and, and picking which ones we feel better suit us. Um, yeah. A good example is Cali, you know, California, right. uh, pretty difficult to navigate towards profitability mm -hmm. unless you're in all the verticals. So we're working at that. We're selling cannabis and products in Cali. We sell everything we can get our hands on. Right. You know, but we have to get we have to get producing before too long in Cali. But uh, it's uh, it's interesting and it's uh, it's been a lot of fun this first year. And yeah. I think we're in a great position to rock and roll. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the uh, the wisdoms learned are going to be invaluable, are invaluable to anybody uh, going forward and not just mm -hmm. for you as an individual, but the people around you. We do have to take a short break, but we're going to be back in uh, just a minute with uh, Terry Booth. I'm Richard Zwicky on The Green Peak. The Green Peak will climb back into your podcast player after we play some messages from our sponsors. And we're back on the Green Peak with Terry Booth and Terry um, Australis and you know Audacious and I, you know they're both they're both great names uh, for many different reasons. You mentioned you know you're focusing heavily on the East Coast, but of course you can't ignore and there's big opportunities in California, and California you know presents a myriad of you're right opportunities, but also challenges um, for anybody in the market. You mentioned growing, and I always look at. You know, when they when they had the application for licenses, there were 5,000 applications and 500 given out. The other 4,500 didn't stop producing. Mm -hmm. That's a challenge for the industry. What are the ones you're concerned about in California, but also the ones as you focus on the East Coast, which are the markets you really want to target first outside of New Jersey and why? Well, um, New York State is, mm -hmm. your, is the apple. Right. Yes. Um, for sure. Uh, with respect to, 
Uh, real, real quickly, just jumping back to California, you nailed it with respect to the gray grow is still very prominent there, and it's it's being um, still being exported to other states out of Cali and then bringing in Oregon into into the east. And if you think about it, the east coast doesn't have a lot of gray grow. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very little. Um, they import their cannabis from other states, so that in itself makes it uh, a, a better proposition because they're going to be able to um, grow there. And I think the um, uh, gray market will be less inclined to be importing into the state. Right. Um, it, it depends on the regs. You know, the, the New York State has put together uh, a very good, I believe, social equity um, yes. program program rather. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's probably second pick. New Jersey and New York are right right in front of us. Uh, Connecticut, that's a that's a different one. It's it's smallish. You know, if you pay them, I think a couple million bucks or a million and a half, you can get your license or you enter this crazy lottery. Right. Uh, not a big fan of the lotteries unless you win one, right? As, as you get that's them. exactly it. Yeah, and and Ohio State, you know, we were in the lottery. We were second in a couple of categories, and now. Um, I gotta watch what I say. I don't know if it's public information yet, but we it'll be a few weeks till it airs. So yeah, <laughs> okay. So you know the uh, that that's a uh, one that the first lottery ball that came out didn't qualify because there was some qualification with the lottery, right? And uh, we looked like we we're in good shape to to fill that role. Oh, that's uh, excellent. Uh, New Mexico, uh, you know, is is uh, ready to rock and roll as well. Um, yeah, they're nice because they've got a lot of their banking rules aligned for the industry, which a lot of states don't start with. For sure, for sure. And, uh, you know, we're working with the Indigenous as well um, across the country with the, the Mohawks in New York, of course. We're speaking to other, other mm-hmm. tribes. I don't want to mention them because my competitors might hear, but uh, the advanced negotiations. The New York deal... Well, on, on that for a second, you know, there are a number of the groups that have... Uh, territories that span the borders and that's often been raised as a a concern of course everybody wants their tax dollars but you know it's just been one of the issues to be dealt with how do you see that happening who cross borders with respect to so there's there's Canada so Ontario Quebec and New York State share um, there's a territory which crosses the three borders sure and there's materials transported within the territory that then is concerned. It was always a problem for cigarettes. And that's where the cigarette stamping inspections were really heavily enforced. Sure. It's going to be an issue again for cannabis, or you know, and it always is. Of course, yeah. with legalization, how do you see yeah. it changing? Well, it's a good good question. The um the Mohawk um, community that we're working with is one of those communities that spans the borders very very much north in in, in uh, New York State. Mm-hmm. Um I, I think that because it's illegal federally, it, it probably is crossing the lines if it's going through there anyway. Um, but as the um, as that community comes on board with not an, a state approved, but with you know an auditable system with um, their own production, their own cultivation, their own manufacturing, um, they ultimately want to be able to sell that cannabis outside of their community. Outside of the tribe, and there is ways to do that with the feds, um, applying wise. But I, I don't. I'm not uh, really up on what's going across the border. This is going to be serving the 1.2 million people that go into the casino, right? Uh, at, at the first American community, the 
sorry, the Mohawk community. So we're going to first build out, uh, you know, a hoop house there to get right. going right away. And then we have plans for one of the Alps facilities of which we own 51%. We don't, you know, we don't talk enough about Alps either. Audacious. We have to really yeah. start putting it. Tell me about center. it. Well, it's, uh, it's it used to stand for Aurora Larson projects. And okay. Thomas Larson is the president of Alps. I met him in the Netherlands. Um, you know, I was old school on, on my opinion of greenhouse at the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you go back 25 years, greenhouse was deemed the same as outdoor in, right. the, in the cannabis space. But a couple of trips to the Netherlands changed my mind in a big way. Those are, uh, without a doubt, automated indoor facilities with supplemental sun. You know, yes. the same number of lights per square foot yep. that any indoor grow have. And uh, Thomas and that particular country are the leaders on the planet for, um, you know, for, for creating these uh, massive facilities, not only in the cannabis space, but in the CEA space, the controlled environment, agriculture, yep. the ESG, um, you know, with respect to governance and whatnot, that's a big ticket item right now for some of the large oh, yes. in the world. Yep. So when we look at what revenue, um, Audacious is doing now in our last quarter, about 80% of that is attributable to Alps. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe only, you know, 20% of it is attributable to Alps cannabis. They're, right. they're, they're building facilities in Iceland and then in, in Dubai yeah. um, for, for vegetables. I don't know how you grow vegetables in Dubai. Just think about that for a second, you know. Well, you know, actually, I've, I've had calls with regards to people looking at the industry there because they have, you know, there's a historical legacy, but also they're looking at it from the perspective of, and one of the issues that I raised with them and they're quite interested in is the material itself uh, can be mixed in when you're making, uh, you know, with, with cement powder with, for concrete. And one of the challenges they have, people think, well, Dubai has lots of sand, but it's the wrong kind of sand. Mm. And there's four major groups of sand and the wrong, the wrong shape just doesn't bind or hold when they're putting up construction and are running into a shortage worldwide. So the cannabis material, as you basically hash it out is a uh, it's a binder and a filler which reduces mm-hmm. the amount of uh, sand required it's quite interesting so all of those markets are you know there's so many different applications where you know beyond the medical beyond the recreational that really are are to be developed and it's um it's fun you know thinking about it and looking at, at the opportunity i laughed when you mentioned about looking at the greenhouses because i built a you know, one of those fully automated ones down in Colombia was a Rochelle greenhouse. But people always told me it's like I landed a spaceship in the middle of mm. the countryside. Yeah. And it is. Um, yeah. But that's the standard by which the industry uh, needs to operate. Yeah, for sure. You need, you need to control. You know, c- cannabis is not that easy to grow um, no. at high yield. Mm-hmm. Um, there's systemic diseases within it if you don't keep that environment tight. Mm-hmm. Um, humidity, where you deliver your CO2, a temperature, of course, um, how you're moving your air, how you're moving your plants, and all the nutrient delivery systems. How is it getting fed? Is it table? Is it drip? Uh, we, we um, you know, out, up at Aurora, we built a couple of facilities, a few facilities, and, and fixed a few You others. did. <laughs> so we, we get what we're doing, and with Thomas's help um, at Alps, um, he, he's generating the revenue for Audacious right now. Mm-hmm. As I said, 80%. His performance looking out are, are fantastic. Right. Um, and it's only been you know a year and a few months since he left to Aurora himself. Aurora spun it back out when they, did, when they did their cuts, and they didn't mm-hmm. need any more cannabis facilities. Um, yeah. Lots of cannabis up there. So 
Um, and now that he's, you know, un, unhandcuffed, if you will, and able to really dig in on all of the things that he can do on the growth side of things, um, he's he's executing. And That's it, fantastic. And it's really good to see. Um, these Achieve series, we just launched that website um, for Achieve. What's the address? I think it's um, achieve.ca. Okay. I, you know, I could be wrong on that, but if you check up, just type in Achieve Cannabis, you'll mm-hmm. find these facilities. And, you know, we're making some of the um, um, greenhouse and indoor grow companies a little bit nervous with the Achieve series. It's an off-the-shelf uh, you know, Greenfield pre-designed, right. pre, pre-acquired the equipment from our suppliers in Europe. Um, they, you know, Thomas has nailed down a relationship with Priva. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know that I've name. used it. Yeah. yeah Phenomenal piece of technology. They're the guys, right? Yep. They're, they're, they're the company that uh, leads the globe in environmental control for greenhouses and indoor grows. And uh, we have an exclusive with them. And I think mainly because of this APIS system that Alps right. has, which is a post commissioning system of monitoring um, your grow and in- increasing your yields and reducing systemic um, issues with the plant from, from bud rot to powdery mildew and God forbid the old spider mites, you know, gotta watch yes. guys, but uh, yeah, it's a, uh, he, he and his crew um, are the drivers we expect to pass him. Um, mm-hmm. eventually on sales of cannabis and by that right. time we'll be a lot uh, a lot more settled in the industry and that's, yeah. that's where we're going well that's that's excellent i uh, love hearing the various applications of the the disparate technology that you know continues to also provide feedback loops to imp- to improve on a continuous basis sure if, if, if we become commodity based on the mm-hmm. production side you better be efficient in you you that. have to be and that's where, you know, unfortunately, a lot of firms haven't been. I know uh, that was, you know, I drove cost down to seven cents a gram all in. That's tough, but it's what you need to have because it's, you know, in a lot of markets, sales are difficult. So you better exactly. make sure that you've got the costs in line. Uh, Terry, we do have to take another quick break. We're going to be back in a moment on The Green Peak with Terry Booth. I'm Richard Zwicky. The Green Peak will climb back into your podcast player after we play some messages from our sponsors. And we're back on The Green Peak with Terry Booth. And Terry, you know, we haven't touched on how it's been jumping into a new company. And I know you had to make a lot of changes. There was a lot of changes that were, you know, demanded. Uh, as you came in, and there were a lot of changes that you obviously saw and needed, you know, were required. How has that been, and you know, how has that also played to learnings? Sure. Um, the the integration post dissident battle was more complex than I had figured out. It took a lot of work to not only get rid of a board, but an entire management team, and then negotiate those exits. Right. Almost like almost like a change of control. Mm-hmm. like an acquisition uh, without paying for it except for we did have demands from the distance they, they did want that to occur right. they did want to keep this company in the cannabis space um, and they did want to see it expand into other states it was only in nevada um, top line revenues per quarter of uh pre pre audacious were twenty eight thousand dollars a quarter yeah we, we moved that needle closer to three million now and we continue to have the uptick um we were now in uh nevada of course we're still there with gt and we're in california 
Right. We're, we're working in Missouri. We've got a deal in Massachusetts. Uh, we've got the license now in New Jersey. We've uh-huh. got a, a deal in New York. Um, and we've applied in other states. So it's a much different company that's done a lot in, in just one year. That's a lot of aggressive growth. It's, t- yeah. it's tough to manage. Without, without a bunch of money, right? Yeah. I mean, anybody can spend money. And if I learned anything from Aurora, uh, hold on to your rubies. And this is, a, you know, this is more of a brand play than a big CapEx play. It used to be valued on the, you know, what was it? At first, it was the uh, size of your vault. Yes, that's right. Your market cap. <laughs> And then they went for, um, are you licensed? And then it was, are you licensed with an ability to sell versus produce? And it was a license, do you have oil? And it just sort of stepped up to different things that didn't make any sense on valuations, even um, funded capacity. Yep. So that, that was when the land grab happened and everybody was buying square footage. Yep. Um, and that's really what, what drove it up because we thought there was unlimited demand. And, and sure enough, uh, it came into a real industry where you, you better you know, we better take care of your expenses. You burn. It's, you know, it's much nicer to operate today as an operator because it's back to fundamentals. And it was very challenging, you know, when you were building a business, even when I started, um, that the normal standard metrics didn't apply and investor expectations were difficult to manage because the market was wild. And you had to be focused on doing things right. But also mindful of those outside pressures you couldn't control and Mm. everybody spent you know in hindsight everybody spent too much but it was what you had to spend at the time for sure i mean that money spent the money that was going around was very helpful to the entire global space because it was it was spent yes um you know know, on on a on a side note very proud of what we did in bringing 25 countries on in the medical space i mean yeah Going into these offices of um, I, I, a lot shorter hair and I, I dress better when you're meeting health ministers in, in Denmark and countries like that to, to really talk to them about the medical system. Having your scientists and your, your PhDs and your medical doctors on board at those types of meetings, telling them that this is an alternative medicine that's very, very safe. Yes. Um, especially, you know, you know, everybody likes to point to the opioid crisis, but it is a crisis. It is. You're not going to get um, whacked by cannabis unless it, a bail of it fell out of an airplane. It's a safe alternative and uh, proud of that point, but, but certainly you're right um, with the demand. You know, in, in Canada, um, early on when we were applying for licenses, Health Canada came out. We have it in writing, not that we you never sue God or go after the of authority course. having jurisdiction, but they said there was going to be 50 um, licensed producers. And, and yep. that's what you build your opportunity on based upon what the authority having jurisdiction says. I think they're well over 500 licensed producers now. Oh, easily. In, in Canada. So yep. it, it just was in, they opened the, this curtain. Um, first mover advantage was only kept if you could sell cannabis. Yep. And, and um, you know, unfortunately, um, some of the companies, the larger ones didn't um, continue to do that. And uh, it, it's uh it, it's, it's still there, though. It's still a system that um, is the first in the world, really a full-blown system. You can argue Uruguay, but, the, you know, Canada really does have a great adult use system. And each, Canada has each, the most complete system, right? Yeah. Uruguay, yes, it was early. It was earlier in some ways. It wasn't, you know, in others. But And it may have made some very promising moves, but it never became a complete ecosystem, which yeah. Canada is. 
it's truly not private immigration yeah. because it's subsidized by the gov. Yes. Um, and, and Canada is not. Now, the problem with Canada, and this is why I love this this American experience, is branding ability. Right. You know, we, we just couldn't do it. Very difficult. And when you get bigger, then you have all these internal lawyers that won't even let you step across a line. I'm, I'm that guy that likes to cross the line. Yeah. Knock down the fence. So it gets frustrating when you're seeing the smaller operators break all the rules. Um, without enforcement, yet we're not breaking the rules mainly because of internal um, restrictions, and and it's still um, tough in Canada with respect to brand. Here in oh, it is. America, you know, some companies are are building decent brands, but not a lot. So that brand opportunity is still there. Yeah. And if you have high quality product and you can make sure your supply is is constant, then I do think there's an opportunity there to build a brand in the in the in the adult user space. Yeah, there's there really is not there hasn't been a lot done to develop good brand recognition, especially with regards to what is the benefit or effect of this particular brand for me, right? There's there isn't that association yet. People may recognize a name, but they don't know why. Yeah. Why would they choose this one over another? And that's you know that speaks to the early stage at which we really are. And people you know think it's been the industry's been around and there's so much money been spent and everything. But, you know, as as you said right at the start, the industry is bigger tomorrow than it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. And that we've got a long way to go before that stops. Yeah. You know, you know when, you, when you say that, I, I immediately think about um, the DEA and what they're up to. Nobody really knows what they're up to, but they're out there building um, cannabis growth facilities. And, yep. and it, it points me to another one of our brands, uh, Mr. Natural, uh, Bob Luciano. Oh, yeah. Luciano. He's a... Uh, a uh, Vietnam War vet, ordained Rastafarian priest. He's from Jersey, yeah. Um, and and he's just a character and a half. But his cannabis that he's been um, growing um, for many many years, longer than I've been alive, has been mainly focused on PTSD, and mm-hmm. uh, it's a cerebral um, blend of different uh, um, cultivars that Bob has, and and the Mister Natural brand is one that you can really build. I mean, right been around he's, he's got it locked down uh, we just have to expand upon it um, you know the loose brand in California that the, the shot with 100 meg in it uh, what, what a great bunch of guys you know, Anthony Bandana and in yeah. uh, Cali so we're, yep. making, we're selling everything we have in, in loose as well and LOOS it's a it's something I really feel you can build on yeah. we need to scratch though to do that right you need yes. the, uh, that, that money once you get the product. So it's uh, it's sort of organic growth. And at the same time, when you're applying for licenses, we have to start looking for some bigger money to to support those endeavors. And it's out there. It is. Uh, I'm feeling good about where it is. And uh, yeah, I'll watch for your Sunday papers on on the future of Audacious and, <laughs> and how we continue to execute. Yeah, and absolutely. And Terry, you know, I'm, we're out of time for today, but for people who want to learn more about Audacious and what you're up to, we're what site should they visit? Where? How do you want them to contact and learn more? Uh, www.audacious.net. Yeah. Um, that'll tie you back to um, Australis if you're an investor related. You can right, right to our investor side on Australis uh-huh. Capital. Um, as I said, we've got the uh, Achieve site up and the Alp sites are all there. Uh, we're selling also through the uh, you know CBD topical cream through a website, our um, Rec Relief brand that we have with the professional bull riders association that's now able to buy online which is cool and yeah. not, not a lot of cbd topicals on sale for bigger organizations another first nope. for this little audacious company yeah the first one to grow you know to sign a sports deal 
organization wise lots of um individual sports guys like you got to watch those individuals right when they, they do one thing wrong and it can really upset your apple cart but when you when you sign a team or a, an organization a league that, that yes. that's a, a lot less uh, risky absolutely absolutely yeah it's a yeah. uh, more controlled and it's yeah, they are, yeah. They are, they're bound in many different ways. Yeah. Terry, this has been fascinating. I hope we can have you on again in the near future. And um, I'd like to thank you for joining us and to everybody for listening. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.